Hello and welcome back to season one, episode seven of Perspective. Now today is an extra special edition of the podcast because I'm going to be sitting down with one of my good friends, Miranda McKeon. Now, I don't even know where to start for her introduction. She's just one of the most compassionate, kind-hearted, and thoughtful people I know. But, I mean, using those adjectives doesn't even do her the slightest bit of justice. Um, In addition to just being an awesome person, she is a professional actress and breast cancer survivor at just 20 years old. She starred as Josie in Anne with an E and has been featured in People Magazine, Good Morning America, and more. I am honored to be interviewing my dear friend Miranda today and I'm excited to share her story with all of you. With that being said, let's see what Miranda's perspective really is. Miranda, welcome to Perspective. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, full disclosure, we've been talking for like 20 minutes before we started this, but it's okay. Um, It's going to be a really organic one. Yes. It's going to feel like we're just hanging out. We are. At one of our apartments. We do that all the time. Yeah. So she's a lot more metal equipment in this one. (laughs) Anyways. Okay. Serious mode. Here we go. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm excited to talk about your acting career because I feel like even though I know you pretty well, Mm -hmm. I don't know much about it, like Ah. actually anything at all besides (laughs) like a few solid facts. So I'm excited just to jump in. Yay. Okay. So to tell the listeners a little bit, I was thinking about the structure for today's discussion and I thought it'd be helpful to break things up into three different parts. So in part one, I thought we could discuss your background and beginning career, how you got your footing as an actress, and then maybe move into another section called the big leagues and then another section called grace and grit. And I know the listeners are probably very confused right now, but they'll come to understand these catchy titles a little bit further on. So much history, so much background. So much. (laughs) So to begin, can you tell everyone a little bit about yourself, you know, where you're from, um, your family, and how you got into acting? How'd you find yourself? Yeah. Um, So I'm from a small town in New Jersey. When I first got to the school, I started telling people that I was from New York because I thought it was easier. And then I was like, no, it's my duty to tell people I'm from New Jersey because it gets a bad rep. And so, yeah, it's a great state. <laughs> Anyways, um, I grew up there for my whole life. I have an older brother who's uh, three years older than me and my lovely mom and dad, who I'm very close to. And I guess I started acting when I was super young. I like tried to do all the sports. I've literally played every sport, swim, Mm -hmm. softball, lacrosse, soccer, all of them. All of it. And I would just cry before every practice and after every practice too. Like I, 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 yeah, it was, it was, it was just brutal. I didn't like it. And I think I've always been a very theatrical person. I think it comes through in my humor and um, I don't know, the dialogues I have with friends and whatnot. Like, I think I've always done like weird little voices yes. and like impressions. <laughs> and so I think it's always been kind of ingrained in my character. And so I started doing community theater when I was really young. I was doing like school shows and towns productions. Um, and yeah, that was kind of like growing up how I got into theater and I just loved it. Mm-hmm. Mostly musical theater. Like the a singer. Like, yeah. Triple threat. She's a singer. She's a singer. She's a singer. 
and maybe I'm making a generalization, but do you have like home videos of you doing like performances for your family? I feel like every oh. actress, singer has those like funny videos that they show on like Jimmy Fallon or yeah. whatever when they uh, go on those I, talk shows. Oh, okay. I wish I had like the really cute ones that are like classic home videos where they're like scratchy film and like it's little girl with the mic. She's like a baby. Mine are like brutal they're like like late middle school like way too late to be putting on performances and I just like was it I don't know I was so strange like all the videos are just they're so embarrassing I wouldn't ever show them if if it got shown on a talk show like I you'd be I would hibernate for a while it's okay you gotta hopefully never somewhere. <laughs> Maybe I'll text your mom and just get them for you. Chill. Um, so you started acting when you were little, just kind of. So that's when you found your like niche. You realized sports not for you. Sports. Similarly, well, was, was not also, for me. I was so bad at them. I was on the C team of everything. Like I wasn't even good. I was bad and I hated it. That's when you got to give up. A fun fact: <laughs> I played soccer and. I didn't like running, still don't. <laughs> and so I would volunteer to play goalie. <laughs> right, right. And my mom called me Swiss cheese because <laughs> every goal would just that's go good. in that's the net. A good, that's a creative name. Yeah, so I, I feel you on this one. And then I found dance and that was my thing. But yeah. um, when did you realize that you like really wanted to do something with acting? Because I don't know, when you're little, I feel like you like tried all these things you're like yeah I like it but like when did you realize that a you were probably obviously you're really good and that b you were like whoa I can make this a career also at a young age hmm well I think I like really developed a passion I I just remember okay I remember seeing Annie on Broadway Mm -hmm. when I was like in middle elementary school I think and I remember watching it and tears welling in my eyes because I was so not necessarily like moved by the show itself but I felt such an overwhelming sense of like wow this is what I want to do like I want to perform and um I just I think my passion only grew from there and I'd say I knew I was like good at it maybe once I like got my first real job Mm -hmm. which was in fifth grade going into sixth grade is when I started my professional career so did to be a professional actress like did you find an agent did they find you like how does that work because I genuinely have no idea so my start was like very very serendipitous and lucky okay um I was in fifth grade and one of my best, best childhood friends, uh, her mom, like called my mom and was like, oh, I'm going to take Grace, was her name, um, into the city tomorrow. We're going to skip school and audition for this musical theater show. It was Little Miss Sunshine, the musical. So the musical adaptation of the movie. Huge directors, James Lapine, Bill Finn, who... Um, directed Annie on Broadway. <laughs> oh my gosh. And um, they created Into the Woods and like just, um, it was very legit. And so I was like, sure, I would love to come audition. I sang Beyond My Wildest Dreams from The Little Mermaid, which is the musical that I had just been in at school. Okay. 
when which I played Ariel. So <laughs> crazy. I, I'm just like imagining <laughs> little Miranda like getting up there in front of all these big people and singing. Like that's we so had cute. to do like a special talent, and I brought in hula hoops from home, as you should, and I hula hooped <laughs> for them, um, and I got a call back which was crazy and then I got another call back which was crazy and then I remember I was coming home from summer camp one day it was a musical theater summer camp and um my mom like sat me down when we got home after like dropping all the kids off in the carpool this is like so so like elementary young years (laughs) um and I don't remember what she said, but she was like, oh, Patrick Goodwin called me. He's um, the casting director at Telsey, which is another like New York name, blah, blah, blah. And he said that like, if you want to, you can be in their musical. And I was crying. Um, And from there, he was like, okay, well, you're already in this like amazing production if you want to get into this world I can hook you up with an agency in New York so through that casting director and the first project that I booked which was a musical theater show I got connected with the agents that I actually am still with today okay um so oh sorry what is the role of an agent so I don't think I fully understand so the role of an agent is basically um I guess you could give the layout of like if you have a a production like a like the Broadway musical Annie they're putting on the show and so they have casting directors that they hire which are going to talk to agencies Mm, I see and the agencies have clients so basically it's a way to connect a production to clients and agents will go out and they will talk to casting directors and productions and basically um, like hunt out projects for you. Okay. So they'll send me all of my auditions and I, at this point, I mean, everything's kind of gone digital. I'll tape my auditions, send it back to them. They watch it, either give me notes, in which case I'll re-record or, um, or they'll send it through. So they're kind of my point of contact into the business world okay so they find jobs for you so you won't like see a tv show casting for example like they'll tell you about it yeah interesting um so they're kind of like advocating for you and really doing like i guess like the job search almost yes and then whichever projects i book they get a cut of so it's not like i um am paying them a fee to represent me it's 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 kind of there's mutual respect there because they're relying on me for their income and I'm relying on them for mine yeah well I mean if they do their job correctly and you do yours it's mutually beneficial so yes it works and who else makes up your team of people because aren't there other people I have I think you always have meetings I'm like who are these people (laughs) who is that (laughs) what's that for (laughs) um I recently I didn't technically sign, but I'm I'm represented by social media managers. Okay. So, um, I mean, mostly on the forefront, they're doing social media, but also, I guess this is part of a different section, but uh, they would do anything from book deals to podcasts to speaking opportunities. Okay. Um, it's like a publicist kind of. Yeah. It, uh, they're more of like a management position in that they 
where an agent is focusing on individual jobs, managers might focus on uh, strategic growth of someone's Got platform it. or image or which opportunities you want to take if you want to go into one area or another. That okay. was super vague. but No, that makes sense. There's just so much about this world that I don't know. So much. It's crazy. There's so much behind the scenes. And I really respect that because I feel like when people see a movie, for example, like you just think about the people in it, but then you never think about like the people behind the scenes. And I work at a PR agency and I'm really seeing all the behind the scenes and the legwork that goes into getting just a PR package out. It's crazy. Like, I just like to think about the different little stages of everything and it's, it's wild. That's something that being on a film set for years taught mm-hmm. me. A alternate universe. I wish, like I hope at some point ever, I don't know. I wish people got more opportunities to see backgrounds of productions. Yeah. So moving into part two, the big leagues, you kind of perfectly brought that up. Um, the so big leagues. The big I don't know leagues. how big the league was. They were but. big. <laughs> Spoiler so alert, they were big. You had your first big booking, got an agent. When, in the timeline of things, did you book Anne with an E? Um, so fifth to sixth grade, I was full musical theater, eight shows a week in the city. Then eight? Eight shows a week, Yeah. Two on Monday, two on Wednesday, one Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Whoa, you're Wait, a little no, no, hustler no. of a child. I meant two on Wednesday, two on Saturday. Yeah, I was That's going crazy. and I would commute in with the businessman with my dad. He would go to work and I would go to rehearsal. That's adorable. It was whack. So That's whack. really cute though. Okay, then eighth grade I did, I haven't done that much work like eighth grade I did a feature film over the summer and then ninth grade I booked Anne with an E which I just got super lucky with because that ran for three seasons Mm, okay so you auditioned for it got the part of Josie and then you had to like kind of up and move your whole entire life (laughs) right well (laughs) in like in a sense because that became a huge part of my life but the actual time I spent filming wasn't like grand I feel like when okay. I when I look back or it's actually really funny like talking to my friends in high school about like they're like oh you were never there and, and like, I like, was there no, that's a that's like a oh, what's it called like the mandala effect mm-hmm. plus it's like wrong it's incorrect <laughs> I was in AP micro macro all the time grinding away at school I was like you guys think I wasn't in school I did so much high school enough to get here which is mm-hmm. whack um, but yeah I did spend probably like 40 days in Canada each year okay and what time of year was that was it like during uh, school it depended so it's not like there was like a set filming season every year some years it was like middle of winter into spring some years it was like spring into summer I Mm -hmm. think just depended yeah Hmm. and so the times that you were filming in Ontario correct yeah I did my research okay um (laughs) (laughs) she knows a few things yeah I got a few (laughs) little tidbits I can share um so the times that you were 
filming during like the school year did you do school on set yes like how does that work being like a child or not child actress but like a student actress we there we go the student actress i I just made that that up (laughs) find out on google tomorrow Mm -hmm. um we have tutors on set but we don't really do much so i was pretty self self motivated i guess for those three years i i would do my work on set i would like sometimes skip out on lunch to go get my work done literally i was working in a barn because the whole set was like like very rural Mm -hmm. um and then when I would go back to school I would stay after school for like an hour like all the time I was meeting with my teachers emailing teachers like so much communication and extra work had to be put in to like maintain the course load that I was taking with being absent all the time yeah I remember in high school like I missed like one day if I was sick and I was like the world is ending like it was so stressful to like I don't know communicate with teachers I was like I need to get these worksheets and whatnot so yeah I can't even imagine missing like I will a say chunk of time. there was like some leniency I think I think a lot I was very fortunate that in high school a lot of my teachers valued the learning experience that I was getting on set at the mm-hmm. same time 100% so whereas if you miss one sick day you're making up every single assignment I think mm, I was probably I making up like 70% of the workload you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying yeah I mean yeah like you had like a full-time job too so I feel like they totally. were understanding and also they probably know you as a student and know that you like I like cared yeah wasn't checked out yes yeah. exactly you weren't just like skipping out for fun you were a working what? woman. Working woman. <laughs> Skipping once in a while, probably. I don't know. So for filming, did you go alone or did your parents come with you? So when I first started, I was 15. The first two seasons, I my mom would come with me, which I was, again, in like such a beautiful position for that to be able to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, she is a yoga teacher, a phenomenal one at that. And... Um, so her schedule was flexible enough for that to be able to happen. And then third season, I was older. I think I wanted to be going more alone. So I would either, I, most of the time, actually, I was staying with my friend Glenna, which okay. was really fun because we were like, it felt like college almost. Yes. <laughs> I'm imagining like all the little, act, I say little, you were 15, but like actors yeah. and actresses just like hanging out. Like it's like its own little mini like high school like we, I don't know you have your like were. friend groups and we would play like like paranoia at lunch <laughs> it was so young we were so young and it was like a little like cohort yeah it's so fun also I'm imagining you guys like going to the like tutor and like just like <laughs> goofing off with each other yeah, and us being like know. Judy's not gonna have us do anything today <laughs> we would That's laugh so fun laugh so much yeah so That's what good. was the filming process like for a series like Anne with an E? Hmm. That's a big question, so explain that however you want. That is a big question. Want. I guess we would get scripts episode by episode, and then you come in on the day, they have a script in your trailer, so I'm reviewing my lines and hair and makeup, and then we get on set. Sometimes directors would want to have rehearsals where you kind of like block out who's going to be where when if there was a lot of like camera movement and and maybe people walking. Um, and then you start doing takes. So you could do anywhere from like, 
I don't know, like five to like 30 of the same scene. Sometimes yeah. we would be running a scene for like the entire day. Sometimes it was just one scene. Crazy. Um, which is something that I feel like not a lot of people know. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes we'd do seven scenes in a day and it'd be like rapid fire. Yeah. And as soon as you finish, the crew's back on set, setting up for the next, like putting down tracks for the cameras. And it's, it's- There's a lot of work that goes into it. There was a lot of work and that production was huge. There was a lot of like, I mean, I feel like a lot of Netflix productions are, but there was just a lot of money and a lot of time and effort put into it. And if you've watched any of the show, I think that comes through and you can see there's insane cinematography and a lot of detail and attention. Yeah, it's really pretty. Like the way it's filmed, it's very aesthetically pleasing. Yes. So yeah, I can't even imagine all the props and I, costuming. The costuming's really well done. Yes. I don't know who did that, but they need a raise. They <laughs> they were absolutely incredibly talented and spent a lot of time in like London vintage warehouses picking all that stuff out. Yeah. Was the actual filming area that this all went down, like trailers, was it all in like one spot or was it spread out through like Ontario? It was spread out. So most of my scenes were in the schoolhouse, which was like rural Toronto, probably okay. like an hour outside of the city. There was a studio um, in Toronto that uh, had like uh, the Cuthbert's house and a few other like places that were kind of iconic to the show that okay. like it was like any movie studio and then yeah there were some I mean they did a lot of the uh I guess like more like cinematic shots on Prince Edward Island which is a location that's like very um pertinent in the show so they actually went there to film some of those like cliff and water scenes mm, okay. so a little bit of everything wow crazy I imagine this like <laughs> I don't know why I imagine this little like village of like oh this is the trailer section where everyone gets ready and then this is craft services there is a like, little bit of that yeah. though like the trailers set up in one place and then we would be like vanned maybe like 10 minutes 20 minutes over to set mm -hmm. and yeah it is like a little village so can you tell me about craft services because I've <laughs> always I've always wondered about this I also told Annabelle and for those of you who don't know Annabelle, my roommate is in the film school, that if she ever has a movie or anything, I'll be the craft services so I can get my name at the I never knew you had such an interest yeah. in this space. Yeah, so if you ever get it, like, whatever your next job is, just, like, let them know. You'll bring your own craft services. Okay. That's me. I'll I got the say, snacks. Okay. Um, well, craft services was phenomenal. They had a lot of soup because it was cold. A lot of cookies. Um, and then at night shoots, night shoots craft services were popping off. Ooh. We would order, um, I mean, we would ask for an Oreo milkshake, but they would just like put ice cream and Oreos in a blender. And sounds pretty good to me. They, it was phenomenal. So you could ask for anything? Uh, well, within limits, obviously you want to be respectful. These are like people running. Well, like, yeah, <laughs> they're, it's their whole job. But like sometimes they would come over and they'd be like, do you want a milkshake? And yeah, if yeah. I can't deny that. <laughs> um, yeah, but special requests here mm -hmm. and there once in a while. Can you tell me a little bit about like the dynamic between your coworkers and like the set people who were like the cameramen, for example? Like how did that all 
come into play? Because I feel like for every show, whenever people or actors and actresses talk about it, they refer to it as like one big family. So can you kind of talk about that a little bit? I mean, you're spending so much time with these people. So I can imagine that you guys develop some strong relationships. Yeah, I think it, I think um, the concept of becoming one big family is very pertinent and there definitely is different set cultures some Mm. sometimes I've heard about sets that are like very hostile and not everyone's friends I'd say boring boring Mm. gross (laughs) I'd say not approved by me (laughs) me. Um, I would say Anne within you is a very warm space uh to work it's funny because like obviously this was my full job and I was a professional on set and at the same time when you are spending so much time with people you do form close friendships and they are intermixed between cast and crew Mm -hmm. and so there are like the funny side jokes in between uh takes when like you can't stop laughing and you know you're about to roll soon like (laughs) it's always so funny um but I met some of my like really really absolute best friends especially with the girls that were close to my age like I mean I was just telling you before like I'm meeting up with some of them over the summer Mm -hmm. and um yeah phenomenal relationships were formed for me at least that makes it so much more like enjoyable too like I'm sure you had like nights off I mean I hope yeah (laughs) and you got to like do fun things with your mom and take maybe I don't don't know what did you guys do for fun like besides we would like hang out in Toronto and we would go out to dinners and I don't know hang out around the city you were a little adult like living (laughs) your own little adult life that's so fun yeah oh Shoot, Silly I should have started acting. Dang it. <laughs> I feel like you could have had a... No? No. She I can't take no. myself seriously like that. Like, I have a lot of respect for actresses because, like, getting into character... I don't know. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Like, the art of it? Because it's hard. It's it Like, I've tried to weird. act for TikToks, <laughs> and it never turns out well. So, I think it's... Definitely, um, it's it's it sounds crazy and it's weird to think back on, but when I think of my friends on the show, I think of them and my real life, and then there's like this alternate little world that we created mm-hmm. where like our characters grew in their friendship from like years of being on the show together. Does that make sense? Yeah. So like we would be like you're like not rolling and you're talking in between and then like right before we would start rolling I feel like everyone kind of gets in their like mental zone and then cameras are on or whatever the scene starts and I like felt like I was talking to like my like it was a different it's a different world Mm -hmm. like you literally put yourself in a different mental position yeah I feel like you have to get to know your character really well like do you relate to your character Josie in any way or like how did you get in touch with her if that makes sense I'd say I could almost relate to her now that the show's over and mm, interesting speaking on part three um <laughs> r- more now than I could then um I think Josie Pye is a character who has a lot of pressure on her and mm-hmm. a lot of hurt and um, some low confidence in a way that presents as 
overbearingly high confidence. Interesting. And um, not even high confidence, but she's just brutal. Mm-hmm. She's mean. Mm-hmm. You're not mean. So it's hard to relate to her. Not in real life, I hope. <laughs> um, okay, this is a question I've always wondered for actors and actresses. Okay. When you, characters on a show are fighting. Yeah. And then you end filming and like you're just talking to that same person that your characters were like fighting in the show with. Does any of that transfer? <laughs> because I watch these like shows and like I'm watching the OC right now, yeah. for example, and I'm wondering how those actors interacted outside the show when like Ryan's cheating on Marissa, for example. Like, how does that work? Well, and maybe I'm just so invested in these shows that I like, no, and I also don't so know real. them. Yes, it does feel so real. So how does that work? Well, I will say I had um, most of my fighting scenes, fighting emotional fighting scenes with um, Amy Beth, who plays Anne. And I'm about to see her and like, we're still like friends obviously didn't affect our friendship but I remember um there was like one slapping scene where like I was my character was so upset about something she runs up to Anne literally slaps her across the face and then walks away Josie why'd you do that and in that take like filming that scene I I felt like so much rage and angst that like after the takes like I would need a few seconds to like cool down and then we were like eating lunch and like two minutes later yeah but it is like I think like for a moment like you do get really emotionally involved but that's like character to character Mm -hmm. not human to human interesting character to character I like I mean that's that's my approach I think some people really do integrate I mean method acting is one thing you can talk to Jim Carrey I have no idea how his brain works that (laughs) stuff is whack fascinating though well also you're like yeah like you said you're in character one moment and then like you're just like yourself the next so it's I don't know I guess that's a sign of a good actor or actress just like being able to like switch you know I had um like crying scenes a lot of crying scenes in the third season and sometimes after we would cut I like couldn't I was like in a funk Mm. I feel like yeah that would affect you emotionally like just like really strictly cut it off sometimes I would still be crying after we would stop filming how do you fake cry oh I don't know I don't Did it just like happen because you were so invested like I was so invested the other actors on set really helped me um and honestly there was so much pressure there was no bullshitting around there was like I mean we talked about the scale of the production earlier. yeah There's so many people on set they're doing their jobs I have to do mine too mm. the tears literally had to come there was no other choice you're like come on <laughs> come on tear ducks. I, was, I was so nervous that I that it, I think it was half half nerves and pressure and then half acting mm-hmm. but like <laughs> there was some real stuff in there I was like whoa so are like fake tears is that a thing fake tears yeah or I don't know are they all all natural <laughs> I mean mine were all natural but oh they do they do have um tear blowers on set they the makeup uh I mean it was all women on my show makeup women would come and blow this thing that it sounds like 
weird, but it was perfectly safe. Micro, micro shards of like something glass to make of. it like and they put water. it in your eyes and your eyes water yeah interesting and sometimes people needed them sometimes people didn't it was just depending on the day depending on the actor on the actor the actor so when did you realize that Anne with an E was like a big deal I mean I guess you said the production was huge but like when did you personally start gaining a following and when did did you ever get recognized like in public how did like, when did your, I don't know, when did you get, like, famous, I guess you could say? Like, <laughs> I don't really think, uh, I don't think, I don't feel famous in any way. But the social media stuff got weird in high school after the first season started. Like, okay. It, it, you could tell that it was, like, growing so quickly. Not that I follow numbers very quickly, but obviously when you have an Instagram yeah. that like just starts blowing up, like you do pay some sort of attention to it. Yeah. So I think like first year it was like smaller, maybe like I think I hit like 10K or something. I remember That's pretty big though. Pretty big in the first year. Second year it was like 300, third year like 700. So it just like That's a lot. went off. And then, like thinking about that many people, like in like a stadium or something, like it's really whoa. hard to process. Yeah, it is hard I to process. I don't think I do. Um, I mean, but then when I was in Toronto and we would all be like out at lunch or something, or we would like randomly hang out in my hotel lobby a lot. Like we would um, eat Indian food next door, but people would recognize us when we were together as a cast. Very rarely, very Did that freak rarely you out? do I get recognized alone. Did that freak me out? Um, no, I think it was fun yeah, when I was younger. I felt safe. I was with my castmates <laughs> and it was sweet people coming up like mm-hmm. who just really genuinely loved the show. Yeah, um, it's fun to like interact with the people who are like enjoying something that you created. Yeah. It's cool. I don't know. Would they ask for pictures? <laughs> yeah. Everyone's like, oh, have you ever been asked for an autograph? Have you ever asked for an autograph? Like when I was really young, but no one asked for that. Anymore. I would, if I saw a famous person I don't think I would talk to them unless I wanted to like express my gratitude for their work um but I wouldn't ask for a picture or autograph I would feel too bad about it I know plus I I get scared I don't think I would want that like what am I gonna do with that also uh, like Like, you know what I mean on maybe like I don't even know if I have an example of a photo I've taken with a famous person like spontaneously because I don't think I have but I know it would be so awkward and I would look so strange and like "Ah," I don't know the whole thing makes me uncomfortable yeah meanwhile like there's probably like someone who like I've I've had people ask me for pictures and like I don't know it's hard for like why am I still getting nervous yes someone else has asked me for a photo interesting because I don't like I don't know it's just a weird concept like you just want it for like social proof like to show everyone else that you like met that person person who's literally just a person yeah did you ever have like meet and greets for the show we had uh (laughs) we had premieres every year Mm. which yeah tell me a little bit about that I guess you could call them like fans would come to and we would um we would sit and watch the premiere of an episode and then normally do like a talk back of some sort. And there were a lot of people there who genuinely really, really loved the show. And I remember like people would come up to me and give me letters or like, like it, 
yeah, we were fully meeting people who just loved Anne with an E. And it was always in Dundas Square, which is essentially like the Times Square of Toronto. Okay. So it felt um, very celebratory and integrated into the city. Um, and th- those were really, really neat experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Was there a red carpet at these said premieres? I don't think so. No. Uh, I don't know why I asked that. Yeah, there was, actually. <laughs> wait, so you... We actually want to know about this. Have you ever, like... So you had to, like, walk onto the carpet, like, pose and have, like, people take pictures? Because I've seen videos of that, like, occurring at, like, the Grammys, for example. Yeah. And it looks so uncomfortable. I, I've i only been on, like, really small ones. Okay. And a We've lot seen, of yeah. mine were, like, younger. So, like, they're really awkward pictures. Aww. Like, my hands are right by my side, and I'm just standing there smiling. My hair's, like, straightened, and I have, like, a cardigan on. It, uh, they're just, like, classic, like, weird child actor-looking photos. I mean, it's hard to make that look natural. You I know think, what I mean? I, I think today I could rock it. Okay. I think we'll I do could. it later tonight before we go out. <laughs> okay, talking a little bit about the business side of things. So, Anne with an E was started on CBC, right? Yeah. And then moved to Netflix. How did like the acquisition, like how did that transition come about? Or how did, did it affect like you in any way being an actress on the show? Or was it kind of just like, oh, okay, like it's going to be put on Netflix? So. You know what? I actually think that I think CBC and Netflix had a partnership before Mm. we started production. So it was aired on CBC before it hit Netflix, which I think was part of their deal and that they wanted to give Canadian audiences a first look at the series. Um, But I think I mean, I could have this wrong. I think from season one that Netflix was the main provider of the budget. Okay. Oh, I wanted to ask you. This is a little off track here, but how do you memorize lines? Oh, I'm I got really good at it. I can imagine because like, I've been doing it for it's years. Your job, but I normally I like to have them printed, um, and then I'll read the scene through, and I'll literally read it through a bunch of times. I like to write them out. Mm. I'll write them all out in like a monologue almost format, and then I have someone like I'll run them through with one of my college roommates or mm-hmm. my mom um but it's like anything you do the more you do it the more efficient you become yes and it's it's helped me a lot in other parts of my life school especially yeah spanish vocabulary not an issue lucky i memory is probably my worst area really mm-hmm well, you have lots of other academic talents that I just do not have. Shout out SPSS. <laughs> Com 301. SPSS. Anyone? Edit software. D- data software. Statistics, you know, just <laughs> those things. Um, just Pearson and Spearman. <laughs> I want to meet Pearson. <laughs> Who is Pearson? Who is Pearson R? <laughs> <laughs> no one understands these jokes, <laughs> but we do. This that's is niche data state so- data stat software content. <laughs> all right. Now moving into part three, entitled "Grace and Grit," because I feel like that just 
sums this up very well. So I love that title. It's a good one. I was kind of like, ooh, what is she? when you were telling me before we started, I was like, what is she going to title it? Grace and Grit. I was like, I'm moved. Grace and Grit. You got a lot of both of those things. Oh, you do too. Thank you. Just a Grace and Grit pit over here. <laughs> but anyways, okay, so this summer, a lot changed for you. It did. And God was really testing you, mm. I would say. I would say too. And he threw you a big curveball <laughs> we're both like laughing like, yeah true <laughs> they're like what is it um do you want to share what that is because I feel like yeah I don't want to tell your story for you yeah um this summer I was diagnosed with stage three breast cancer um at 19 years old it's crazy it's crazy a lot of times I forget that not that it happened, but like that that's what it is, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, it's it's really crazy when you think about it. Yeah, I still well, I think forever I might be like, wait, what was that? <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> wait, what was that? <laughs> Sorry, this is a serious topic. Yeah, no, but it's OK. Like, I think I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. From your acting career, you gained this following. And then when this happened to you over the summer, you decided to share it with your followers. And can you tell me a little bit about why you decided to do that? Because I don't know, it's a very personal journey and unique experience because you were so young. So like what made you want to share that? Mm. Well, I think from the first few days I was diagnosed, I was like researching a ton. I, I The diagnosis came as a huge shock because no one in my family has breast cancer. And it's like, frankly, just statistically really, really, really strange for me to have had this diagnosis. One in a million to be exact. One in a million. Um, so I was doing extensive research online, literally just trying to find like young girls. At first I was trying to find young girls with breast cancer, could not find any. So then I was just trying to find girls who had like posted about their experience to find like any sort of um like solace is that the word I guess Mm -hmm. um and I found a few girls and I was like wow this is such an incredible resource of seeing a young person go through um like different types of like uh what's it called like the hormone therapy I did for like freezing eggs and different Mm -hmm. stuff like it was just such an incredible resource for me that one I knew that I could help a lot of people especially given my platform yeah um through sharing this experience and I don't know I really just felt like I felt I knew I was going to do it from the beginning Mm -hmm. and it definitely scared the shit out of me but I felt inclined from the beginning to share and I had been sharing my life in some capacity, but nothing nearly, nearly as vulnerable as I cannot even believe some of the things that I posted online during this. Like (laughs) so much, like not embarrassment, but it gives me like an eek feeling, which I guess we could talk about later too. Yeah. So what exactly for those that are unfamiliar, what did you share online through your Instagram? Um, throughout the whole thing, I guess I shared from the beginning. I mean, I shared, 
my diagnosis, I shared a bit about freezing my eggs before chemotherapy. I shared um, posting about like the different treatments. I posted about the surgery, big surgery that I had. Um, and then I started a blog, uh, I guess like pretty soon after my diagnosis where I kind of just like fell in love with writing and was sharing more like creative or like more poetic I guess you could say mostly like adapted journal reflections on my emotional state during a lot of that Mm -hmm. um and some stuff speaking about mental health yeah I feel like I was appreciative of the fact that you decided to share everything because I really understood I mean I didn't understand completely obviously but like what you were going through because I never thought about the fact that you had to freeze your eggs like when you posted about that I was like oh that makes total logical sense but that's not something that you think of conventionally when you think of um cancer so yeah as a friend I just like appreciated the fact that you were so willing to share and also like I know you had a lot going on obviously a lot of emotions to process yourself so I didn't want to keep bugging you with text about like oh what's going on because I'm sure you dealt with that all day so like for me as a friend like that was an outlet that I could go to to like see the specifics of things yeah you know well I'm so glad that like I don't know that's nice to hear Mm -hmm. that like you enjoyed that piece of it I think it was like a great form of communication and you kind of touched on this but like it was it was a time where I was so like logistically busy with appointments and stuff and also everything emotionally felt so saturated that like I didn't even have time to express myself to everyone and that became like very overwhelming and isolating and so my form of sharing on the internet was such a big outlet of release for me to be able to connect with like like my friends I guess yeah just like a a space where I felt like I was like heard selfishly Mm -hmm. also like having like other like family friends go through Mm -hmm. things they always talked about how like it was really hard to keep people like updated on what was going on and with social media you can kind of just like do it once and then yeah like because it's exhausting having to explain and like when everyone asks you how you're doing like that's a loaded question at the time yeah you know what I mean no completely and also it's emotionally draining because like you're trying to process what's going on but then like communicating that to like yeah it's and just a the lot other people in your life like you feel like you owe them an explanation for some stuff too because like it's like I think as I have more space from the experience I realize how big of an experience it was for some of the people around me that I didn't really realize like talking to um, Abby my college roommate here a few weeks ago I talked to her about like that time in her life and she had some other personal things going on too and I think I didn't realize how much of like I I mean I don't feel like a burden in any sense that would be weird no one should ever um, like that what it it happened it was what it was but it was a big thing for her too Mm -hmm. and I rarely take time to think about that I don't know. Well, just people love you and that they were trying to, yeah, you know. Yeah, it's always, it's just, it comes out of a place of caring. Mm-hmm. It would happen for me, too. Completely. Also, I want to talk about 
your journal entries a mm-hmm. little bit because this sounds weird, but I kind of already talked about this, but they were oddly comforting, which sounds a little weird, hmm. but as a friend, I was like, okay, this is going on in Miranda's life, but she is able to like write these beautifully written pieces, by the way. Oh, thank you. And also like create a blog during all of this. And I was like... <sighs> she's okay as she can be considering her situation so it was like comforting for that and also like reading from your perspective I remember reading the you're so strong entry which I loved that was so 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 good everyone go check out the blog but anyways (laughs) thank you that specifically I had a line to read because you said I realized why you are so strong bothered me so much it bothered me because it made me feel like I had a choice to be strong which I did not I did not deny that I am strong I am not saying I'm weak I just mean that I am no stronger than anyone else and then you go on to say my strength does show we when we encounter adversity our strength shows when we endure our strength shows Mm -hmm. and I just love that you like wrote it this specific way because you're so right like if anyone were to get diagnosed with breast cancer like obviously they're gonna do everything to like get it away you know what I mean yeah and like go through the treatments but I think what specifically this journal entry taught me is that like as you said like when adversity comes your way and specifically for you like your strength and character showed a lot which is why in my head I had a hard time understanding like I was like but she is strong and I was like her strength and character like that's what's strong about this so I feel like that just helped me like I don't know understand what you like needed I guess if that makes sense and kind of understand it because I don't know everyone's doing what they think is like best but sometimes you gotta like think about what's best for you you know what I mean yeah I like have so many feelings about (laughs) that phrase it like it tortured me for so long because it's true like um everyone's really doing what they think is best and when shit hits the fan for lack of better term like a lot of people like that's where you go you are so strong you seriously like you are so strong it makes sense like that's that's the instinct but there was no the lack of nuance in that phrase like really kept me up at night because it's true like we we are not strong for existing Mm -hmm. we all go through this life and we endure varying degrees of adversity and sucky sucky things and just because one person has like more objectively from whatever society's judgment on their plate than another person does like that doesn't make them that doesn't make them inherently strong just for like existing and bad things happening to you Mm -hmm. but the way that we handle them and the way that we move through that adversity and the way that we carry the weight is that's a display of strength I guess yeah I just shows. I just literally elaborated on whatever I wrote. No, I mean apologies. You wrote it, so it makes sense. <laughs> um, yeah, but also Do a whole podcast on that one. Yeah, <laughs> that's a loaded one. <laughs> <laughs> but also, like that's why I wanted to title this section "Grace and Grit" because 
grace because you also just like handled it as well as someone could like you were going to boxing classes with like while doing chemo you were going to pilates classes like living your life like to the fullest and being positive which I can't say that like if that were to happen to me I could be able to do that and also like grit that because you obviously like went through it and I will say Thank you so much for um, hyping me up in that way. But also not to say that it's easy, too. Sorry, let me just preface it. I I just am thinking of how um, I was reading through one of my journal things earlier yesterday. And I think at the time going through treatment, I was so in go mode. And I was like, I'm going to make this thing my bitch. I'm going to like... <laughs> yeah, I'm, you are. And I was like, I'm going to do it. Like, I'm going to do it the best I can. Or like, I'm, I'm going to do it the best. Like, I'm just going to freaking do it. And so I was. I was going to Barry's boot camp before chemo and things that were literally psychotic. <laughs> and there was such a time where like, I got really burnt out mm-hmm. from that. So while I'm so proud of the way that I muscled through and at the time me going to Barry's was a display of like my persistence and perseverance and I would not take any of that back I think there is so much um undervalued strength not to use that word in um being kind to yourself and letting yourself rest and that's harder to do than going to Barry's boot camp before chemo. Way harder. I still have. <laughs> yeah, because I guess it's like art. a distraction in a way. You know, it's yeah. And sometimes the pushing is like, I've I think a lot of us at USC, everyone on this podcast is like Barry's boot camp before chemo energy. You know, <laughs> and sometimes it's just not healthy. Yeah, it was at the time, but I did get burnt out, and mm. then I learned that. Um, my like championing this cold cancer experience some of it came in quieter moments that weren't shared as like trophy mm-hmm. badass moments I remember when we were in Palm Springs last spring I think it was you you were like I'm way too kind to myself because you like you didn't do like a homework assignment or something and I still think about that a lot really because yeah because I'm like <laughs> you could never be too kind to yourself I don't think you know what I mean and I don't know I think about that a lot we think that we're too kind to ourselves and exactly. then I think about the way that I treat my best friends people who I care dearly about they would do anything and I'd be like, they could have just done something bad, bad. And I'd be like, girl, but you did it. Like, you, but you got did it. that bad thing. You did that bad thing. And look how good you look doing it. And if I can treat someone else that way, like that's how we should be treating ourselves too. So true. You did that thing. <laughs> you slept all day long. Yes, you did. It's pretty impressive. It's impressive. Why don't I say that to myself more? I don't know. It is weird how people are so, like, hard on themselves. Like, the things I say to myself, oh, my God, never (laughs) would I ever say that to another human being. But, like, I'm a human being, so why am I saying it to myself? Like, it's it's weird. I, I don't know. Like, the relationship you have with yourself, 
I don't know if it's better to be like a relationship as if it were like a different person, but I don't know. That's something to think about. But I do know, other than our siblings, this, I mean, obviously, <laughs> self relationship, that's the longest one yeah. you're in. I'm like, gonna try and just like date myself this summer you know Mm -hmm. I think that might be really good for me just to like invest in my relationship with self I think I already do more than the average human but I think your journaling is like a that's a really big self-investment that's like a date night in a relationship that is because you just talk about a lot of things I talk about a lot of things in there I envy the way you can journal. It it will, it will come to you if you if it needs to or if you want it to or like Yeah. When I I tried to journal for so long before I was ready and it just it wasn't time for me. Mhm. That sounds literally crazy. It wasn't my time. It wasn't my time to journal. <laughs> no, but I whenever I journal, I sit down with my cute journal and a pen. Yeah. And my cursive handwriting. Yeah. The aesthetic is there. You have such the good execution is not. <laughs> That's okay. Thank you. But then but I just write also, out to Chloe, do lists. When do you have time? You know, you are go go go. I know, but I feel like it'd be good for me to slow down a bit. Yeah, I hear you. Because like I was talking about this with you like very briefly, but the other week I had a very chill week, but it was like a bad mental health week, mm. and I think that that is definitely a reason. Too much space. Too much space, not enough distraction. Yeah. I was very in my head about everything. And it just wasn't great. That can happen. Yeah. There was, I don't know. I go through different periods of time where I don't want to um, sit with myself. Mm-hmm. Is that sad? Kind no. of. But you're a people person. Yeah. It's, it's weird the different way that people need it's not weird it's fascinating the way that different people recharge in different ways Mm -hmm. or I don't know alone time not alone time would you consider yourself an introvert or an extrovert I'd say generally I'm an extrovert but I like a good balance I Mm -hmm. love a good solo recharge and if I, I tend to lean on the extroverted end of the scale um more heavily for weeks at a time and I hit a wall like yesterday and I needed like a big mental health recuperation day and I realized I needed to start focusing on like changing some of my habits that I've kind of broken or gotten out of mm-hmm. um so it kind of it goes in cycles for me yeah I'm having a more introverted weekend this weekend I've realized in college that I am my happiest in like a smaller more intimate setting with people that I know I mean it's okay if there's like people I don't know like I'll get to know them but like that's the best place to get to know someone because you're comfortable you're happy you form really close connections and it's just more meaningful like trust me I love a good party every once in a while good tailgate but like it can be overrated it just can be like I'm like what's the purpose here I've had trouble going to big parties with a lot of people that I don't know because I'm like, why are it's it's fun to go to like it's fun to go out and dance with people that you know and love. Yes. Because then you're like, woo, we're just letting loose and dancing together. (laughs) If I'm letting loose and dancing with a bunch of people who I don't know, that can be really fun. 
Every once in a while. Every once in a while. And I'm sure once I'm a little bit older, like that's fun. But in college, there is like social pressure to know the people there. I don't know. I go back and forth. I'd rather be with my friends. Yeah, me too. I, I think we're all like leaning a little more towards like homie nights. Homie nights. You're my homie. You're my homie. <laughs> okay, so going back to Grace and Grit. Yeah, yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about the breast cancer community? Because yeah. it's a... It's a community. Yeah, it really is. And also, I feel like you guys like share this like understanding of each other and like you know that tiktok it's like we see each other we good you know what i mean because like you're going through like a shared experience and obviously it's different for everyone but like i don't know you're relating with people that like no one else can understand i think um i mean you summed it up well the breast cancer community is an insane community of love and support through really trying experiences that often are um, similar in a way, even though you can feel like no one understands what you're going through at the time. I think I haven't figured out my place in that community yet because while there are many programs for adolescence with cancer um like fact of the matter is there's like it's really difficult to find anyone under like 26 even Mm -hmm. even that super young super rare so it's it's a weird place to be in because like most of the doctors I went to would say wow you are the youngest patient I've ever had and I would say thank you thank you I break records all the time (laughs) um no but it's I'd say I have very meaningful connections with a few different individuals who are either like 40 and have breast cancer or are 20 and had or 24 and had ovarian cancer like it's um I I know that the breast cancer community is always a a resource and is there for me and I would support anyone going through this experience I've already reached out to a lot of older women who have been diagnosed after me um but I wouldn't say I'm surrounded by that on the daily nor do I feel like it's something I need right now but that's all to say like I haven't really found my place in that yet Mm -hmm. I don't I don't know I feel kind of like an oddball not in like not accepted I it's just like that's there isn't a community of like well specifically I think your age yeah that's that's more what I'm getting at yeah because like obviously older women that have breast cancer like understand the process and everything but they don't understand it like in your context right it's it's the same way like I don't understand what it's like to like try and hide losing your hair from your kids or Mm. having having your kids see you be sick yeah they don't know what it's like to like be in college with Mm -hmm. friends and boys and schoolwork losing your hair yeah and that's very different yeah I mean similar at the core but externally very different yeah yeah interesting 
never thought of it like that. Yeah, I don't know. So there is there like have you met anyone your age with breast cancer at all? I um have been in loose contact with someone who's nineteen in Canada actually. Hmm. Um she's the only other unicorn I found. <laughs> unicorn. <laughs> yeah, but it's also kinda weird. It's like are we what, are we gonna trauma bond? just because we both have like been yeah. through this like what now we're friends that's not natural either yeah so i'm confused well i'm sure know. she i mean i don't know this other unicorn right but i'm sure if she like will go to she'll come to you for advice and yeah I, vice versa or that we can definitely comfort talk about even. yeah like logistical treatment stuff where there's a mm-hmm. lot of stuff that like yeah emotionally other people don't really understand but I don't it's a it's a it's a weird balance mm-hmm. of forced friendship versus like intuitive friendship because <laughs> it's this weird experience mm-hmm. I don't know yeah so after having gone through your treatments mm-hmm. and your diagnosis mm-hmm. and everything what is and I'm sh- like I don't know you're still probably processing everything too just because it did happen very quickly mm-hmm. um what is like I don't know if this is a weird question, but like, what is a gratitude moment that you had in all of this? Hmm. Or like your main takeaway? It doesn't necessarily have to be positive, but I know you and I know you're a positive yeah, person. I have a lot of gratitude for this experience. As messed up as that yeah, sounds. Yeah, no. Well, I wouldn't wish to have had it. I think I would yes. give it back if I could. But, well, I, I don't have a message or a takeaway. I do know I learned a lot and I felt a lot. And I think I have a better appreciation for different perspectives and perspectives. Oh, let's end it here. <laughs> Thank you for that Thank branding. <laughs> Thank you. I think I can connect with some different perspectives having um, gone on quite the emotional roller coaster and faced some real gritty, hardcore yeah. adversity. Um, You've lived a lot of life, Miranda. I lived a lot of life this past year and I'm really excited for living a lot more Mm -hmm. that's what I'd say (laughs) it's very so much to do you know and we're young (laughs) we're so young I know spring chickens spring chickens okay so lastly yeah what is next for Miss Miranda whoa in career like what do you have in the works whether it be personal like trips or your professional acting career uh-huh. can you give the perspective listeners a little <laughs> um a little well tip? I don't I never plan things out because my life seems to uh take me on quite the <laughs> roller coaster as it is so sometimes I just like to sit back and see where it goes I do plan on traveling Europe this summer for I have about a month and a half planned. Um, I am still unemployed in acting, so 
um, to all of the casting directors and showrunners and writers who are listening to this perspective podcast this evening. There's a lot of them. Please employ me, please. Um, are I'd, you actively looking right now? I am actively auditioning. Oh, yeah. So I'm I'm back up and running with that. I took a pause for a while. I would love to be writing a book, and. I'm going on Matt Happy's podcast in a few weeks. Whoa. I'm very excited about the whole book. The second best podcast. (gasps) What was that? (laughs) Don't tell them. (laughs) Actually, they listen to this. So, yeah. Matt Happy listens. Yeah, they reached out to me. (laughs) Um, They actually want you to take over theirs. Yeah, I... If you're listening, actually, I would love that. There's going to so, be a rebranding. <laughs> yeah. I just leave, go to work for Mad Happy. But about the book, mm-hmm. oh, I don't read a lot, but I'm excited for that I read. I read a lot of things, but um, I... I want to read a lot. That's a dream. And I'm I'm talking to some people. Got it in the works. So, yep. That's um, really exciting. If the book is anything like your blog post I won't be able to put it down because I remember like my mom would like DM them to me and she'd be like this one was my favorite and then I'd be like wait she posted a new one and I would like go click like read through and then that's so kind they were so good thanks for keeping up with my millions of posts over the summer I mean I was just pumping out the content (laughs) you were a content farm (laughs) A content farm, if you will. Content (laughs) farm. Some people are like, what? (laughs) It's okay. It makes sense. It's It's an inside joke. (laughs) Anyways. Since Perspective is an extension of Spec Magazine, a fashion, lifestyle, culture, and wellness publication here at USC, we are going to ask Miranda some questions regarding these topics. And now this is going to be a speed round of fun questions so listeners can get to know you a little bit better. So just blurt out whatever comes to mind. Love. So, guilty pleasure. What is it? The Bachelor. <laughs> Hate myself for it. It's okay. Um, what's do you have a favorite Instagram account? Like, do you follow any like fun ones? Oh, oh, oh! I like we're not really strangers. Yes, I actually applied to a job. You didn't did? Hear, didn't hear back, but it's okay. Oh, crossing yeah. my fingers and toes. That'd be sick. I know. Yeah. So cool. But we do. Have you ever played that game? Yes. I want to play. We will. Do you have it? No. Okay. We'll find it. Yeah. People we'll, have it. Yeah, we'll get it. What does a typical Friday night look like for you? Probably hanging out with Chloe Kovsky. <laughs> no. Uh, normally, actually, on Fridays, I like to try a new restaurant. I The food here in LA is crazy. So, so good. good. So I love, I I mean, like the ideal Friday, I'd say. This isn't what the question asked, but try a new restaurant. I have to get dessert after. Duh. And then in true USC college fashion Going out to a party with my friends. Going on the row. Going on the... Getting get my dance moves. <laughs> getting funky. Getting funky fresh. Um, what is your favorite LA restaurant? And I know it's a hard question, so you can pick a few. I know you're an Olivetta fan. Well, I've been to Olivetta a lot recently. 
I like the factory kitchen a lot. I, I love John and Vinny's. <laughs> John and Vinny's. Uh, that was an iconic yeah. night on your birthday. I've never eaten more food in my life. I've never felt more sick. From I felt food. so sick. I also was so happy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> to explain a little bit, we went to John and Vinny's for Miranda's birthday. And when I tell you the food, did not stop coming. Okay, well, here's the real issue. I ordered a prefix menu <laughs> that was, the the quantity was for 12 people and there were only eight people there. Oh, I didn't know that. It was accidental. I think it was a mistake on part of the kitchen, honestly. It's okay. And they brought us so much food, you guys. Like to the point where they were bringing food out and we didn't we have room on the on, table. We could not, we 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 had a double-decker table. They had to stack stuff on top of other stuff. And and as we were getting more food, we would just ask them to pack up the other food. So we had like, we had like four takeout bags leaving that were being created as more food was being brought out. It yes. was like a really dark night. And they also, the waiters and waitresses would come to the table with more food and just look at us. Like not- As if we did something wrong. Yeah, I they were like, like, you and- like, like just wanting to put the food down there, like, there's not room on the table. We're like, yes, we're aware. We're trying to eat like, it. I didn't even order all this. Crazy. That was fun. <laughs> Very fun. Um, do you have an actress that you admire? Or maybe a specific, a like, movie? Honestly, um... Or show. My friend, AB, I, she's on my mind today just because I've been talking to her. Amy Beth McNulty plays Anne on Anne with an E. She's a phenomenal actress. And you can catch her in Stranger Things season four coming out this summer. <laughs> Love the support. Big stuff. Um, what is, or I know you're big on journaling. So how exactly, like what's your process for that? Normally I like to recap what's happened. Um, sometimes that feels a little bit like a chore, but reading back on documentation literally my favorite sport nothing better um and then I do do my more woo woo side of that is I do gratitude and affirmations so I'll write down a list of things that I'm grateful for that week or day and then affirmations help me um I don't know I do one that's like like for like fear of like reoccurrence and stuff in the future mm -hmm. I'll write like my body is safe with me all of the bad cells have been eradicated and will never come back this is I write this like every day and I believe the mind is so powerful so I kind of think my affirmations are a little bit like manifestations too yeah but I like to just like write things that like feel uncertain and then eventually they just like um like not the word the word isn't like crystallize like uh like materialize in my life yeah I will say manifesting is very powerful I think so too I have to people sleep on it sleep on it I have to admit something Why? I didn't really believe in it and then I was like I was in quarantine and I was like all right better I want to get a good <laughs> score on my AP tests so I was like yeah I'm gonna manifest my AP scores and it worked. Did it? And I was mind blown. All right. Like actually mind blown. It can work for it can work for AP scores too. I didn't know that. Yeah. I should have done that you for should, the ACT. Yeah. <laughs> oh me oh my. <laughs> Could have gotten done with those tests a lot quicker. Yeah. The ACT. Whoa. That was not oh, fun. Whoa. Um what 
Or do you have a style icon? Because I know you're, you put together some cute fits. Coachella fits were fire, by the way. Oh, thanks. A style icon. Or like, where, oh, where I like love, I love this girl, Acquired Style. Do you know her? I love her. You know her? Yes. I love, she's, I love her account. Yes. And, um. She's I, like popping off recently. I followed her since she was tiny. Me, I think me as well. I found her on TikTok. She just became like a hair influencer. Yeah. With her curls. With her rollers. Her rollers. She's a rollers girl. Yeah. She's cool. She's amazing. Have you seen her twin? Yeah. Identical. Identical. Crazy. I know. But yeah, she's cool. I like her. Also, I like that her name is not like her name. It's like no, she's a like quiet she's style. like she's a little mysterious. Path. I know. I like it. I really like it too. I think her outfits are really fun, and I love how she's putting jean shorts with cowboy boots. That sounds like an ugly outfit if you first think about it. You guys gotta see this on her crazy it's really cute she's a lot of cowboy boots she's like those green and brown ones i want them yeah me too lastly what's your favorite memory at sc this far oh i love that question so many are running through my head i would almost say last year um like we had a goodbye party in like these uh, dingy dingy apartments that we used to live in and we all made dessert and we brought it over to our friend's apartment Mm -hmm. and um it was just nice I think it was like such a moment of like oh wow this year has ended and I have really good friends Mm -hmm. you know yeah because if I know we didn't have like crazy college nights freshman year yeah I mean I guess we did but like we didn't have like the typical stuff that we do now yeah it wasn't what we thought it was gonna be I'll just say that but like yeah I was so happy that I ended up moving out here because at first I was like oh I kind of regret it like blah blah blah. but then I was like wait no I literally met like my best friends and I would never like take that away and we're like still in it Mm -hmm. or Joshua Tree I was gonna say Joshua Tree is my Pappy and Harriet's Pappy and Harriet's dancing in the dust that was the first live music we'd seen in years yeah and that was incredible high on life yeah and I remember when we were like making dinner one night in Joshua Tree everyone had their own little roles we were making the guac yeah we were and we are good yes we are good we make a mean guac together and I just I don't know I had this like moment of like just everyone had their own little roles we were playing country music like oh, it was just so there was so many Toll House cookies sweet. going around so many Toll House and we had like spoons in hand like singing like wooden spoons yes jamming or was that after Peppy and Harriet's it's all a blur to me. it's all a blur a great blur just a blur of, of happiness it was, it was wholesome happiness it, was it really was Alrighty. Righty. It looks like we've come to the end of another episode of Perspective. Make sure to follow SpecMagUSC on Instagram so you get updates about new episodes. And make sure to follow Miss Miranda McKeon on Instagram and TikTok. Whoa. I've seen those TikToks <laughs> recently. Um, also check out her blog, MirandaMcKeon.com slash blog to read about just life and get a really 
cool perspective on her and everything that she's been through, um, as well as check out Annie with an E. So you can, or Anne, sorry. I keep saying that. I'm sorry. It's such a common misconception. Anne with an E. I apologize. Um, thank you so much for having me today. Yes. Um, I think this is the coolest podcast ever. I really do. I think there is no better way to utilize your time at USC than creating such an incredible project like this that not only is like a real like cool career thing that you're doing, but also um, such a great way to to learn about people. I think curiosity is one of the best traits that we can, I, I think you can develop curiosity and you've certainly done so recently, I think in a lot Thank of ways. You. So I just admire that you're doing this and I'm grateful that you had me on today. Of course, I'm happy you decided to come on. And also, yeah, one of the reasons why I love doing this is it was like a, I don't know, not a business idea at first, but I've discovered that it's like really fun just like sit down and actually talk to people. Like ask them about the cool shit that they're doing because everyone's doing mad stuff here. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't know, like it's distraction free pretty much. And it's like have to talk. Yeah. It's just really great. It's intimate. And I'm meeting people that I would have like probably otherwise never met. So it's very just so great. Gratitude moment. Gratitude moment. (laughs) All right. Well, I'm your host, Chloe Kopsky. Thanks for listening to Perspective. Talk to you on our eighth episode with not one, not two, but five USC students with a unique business plan. Wow. Stay tuned. Miranda, thank you so much for coming on. Bye, Perspective. Over and out. (laughs) 